nobody bodies David Luiz <laughs> and gets away with it, except for everyone. Yeah. Well, really, you don't have to body him. Just give him the ball and it's wait. True. It's true. <laughs> it is a viable strategy. To the Premier League. To the Premier League. Because <laughs> that's kind of all we have we left. We have 10 games left. 30 points still available. Uh-huh. Let's try and do something here. Let's just take a look. The last few weeks at Arsenal Football Club have been a little rough, to say the least. We were bounced out of the only two competitions left where we had a shot at winning a trophy, all in the span of a few days. Our performances were pretty poor across the board, and left many fans wondering why we'd spend all that money on players that can't beat Crystal Palace. And for a cherry on top of all of that, we are facing an uphill battle for a top four finish in the league, maybe even top six. The one bright side to all this is that the only matches still remaining on our schedule are in the Premier League, which will allow us to devote all of our energy to finishing strong. We are currently in 7th place, with an absolute logjam of teams directly ahead of us. We have a game in hand on teams like Wolves and Leicester, but it's still going to take a Herculean effort to squeeze into the top 4. Around the office, we've been talking about each game that we have remaining as a hurdle between us and the end of the season, and to accomplish the goal of Champions League football that was set out at the beginning of the season, we're going to need to clear pretty much all of them. And that sprint to the finish begins with Southampton, who against pretty much all logic have had one of the worst seasons in Premier League history. We're on match day 29, and they have exactly one win. Weirdly, though, that doesn't seem to be making the technical director feel much better. Uh, Southampton definitely getting relegated, and we're playing <laughs> the next. On nine points. We're playing the next, too, so we're probably going to lose. Uh, they have one win. The whole season. 29 games, one win. That's awful. Yeah. It shouldn't be so easy to agree with that kind of negativity, but then again... It do be like that sometimes here. And midway through the first half, it be like that again. Oh, this is not good. This is really not good. Shane Long. He just sidestepped the crap out of me. He's got two goals the whole season. He's probably the leading scorer, too. He's certainly the leading scorer in this match. And yet again, because of a defensive lapse, we're fighting an uphill battle. Well, this guy's super well. Woohoo! They have nine points the whole season. We go into halftime thinking about one thing. Based on the last few weeks of matches, who the heck is going to be the guy to get us back into this game? Right as the whistle blows, though, it becomes clear that our salvation this season isn't going to come from just one guy. It's going to take the whole team. <laughs> come on, Fabian. We paid... 47 million pounds for you. Nope. Not paying you to just crap around like this. Oh. <gasps> that, on the other hand, is exactly what we paid for. Goal what a goal. The season. <laughs> it is an absolutely delicious oh. bit of buildup from the Arsenal. A team goal that probably would have made even Arsene Wenger crap his pants. Fabian flicks the ball up to himself over his marker, then plays a perfectly weighted volley pass into Keita, who back heels it around his defender to Pepe, who just has to walk onto it and put it in the back of the net. Which he does, of course. It is absolutely a contender for our goal of the season so far, and a worthy way for us to bring ourselves back into this incredibly important match. As we push for a winner, though, our old friend, Fatigue, comes to visit us once more. The lads up front, specifically Sané, have played in pretty much every game for the past month, and they look it. 
We don't want to take Leroy out at a time where we need a goal so badly, but we don't have a choice. 20-year-old Eddie Nkedia is going to have to be the guy to do the job. And to our complete delight, and at least partial surprise, in the 80th minute, he does exactly that. Balder. Can he finish? Oh, there it is! It's the goal that they thoroughly deserve. You wondered whether they would get it. They're in front now, which is where they really should be. Far, far the better side throughout the game. The far better side takes home all three points. Hurdle one, cleared. Hurdle two is going to be a little higher, though. A lot higher, actually. Our last match was against the worst team in the division, so naturally, the powers that be have determined that our next match be against Man City. Just when we thought we had some momentum, here comes Pep to take it all away. This game does have its fair share of intrigue, though, mostly because it's Sané's first match against his old club, and his manager that allowed him to leave. And we've had a week off while they've been playing in the Champions League, so ya boy is fresh. He isn't going to come out of this game unless it's on a stretcher. As motivated as Sané may be to score against his former team, though, there's still the matter of trying to stop Man City from doing the same thing, which, as you might expect, we struggle with. Remember when they said strikers were supposed to get worse after they turned 30? Yeah, apparently no one told Sergio Aguero. Just four and a half minutes in, a flurry of one-touch passes and some positively comedic defending from David Luiz see Man City go up 1-0. Now, normally, going down 1-0 to Man City would be something like a death sentence, but we've got some perspective that most teams don't in that regard. If our win against them back in December taught us anything, it's that even if most evidence would point to the contrary, Man City aren't bulletproof. We can hang with these guys, especially now that we have one of their former horses in our stable. And after a period where both teams settle in a bit, right around the half hour mark, Sané lets them know exactly what they'll be missing. Sané. And will it be the leveler? And it's gone in beyond the goalkeeper. Arsenal level. Fabian gets Sané the ball about 45 yards from the box. And Leroy takes it from there. He zigzags through City's defense, completely ignoring James Madison running down the channel right in front of him as he goes coast to coast. This is his goal, his moment to finish, and finish he does. Up in the box, we're all a little breathless, partly because of the goal and partly because of the aftermath. Is Sonny going to celebrate in front of his former fans? You bet he is. Not only is he celebrating, he's sprinting to the corner, punching the flag that bears the City crest repeatedly. God, Leroy, the disrespect! First the goal, then the celebration, it's all just... Better than we could have hoped. But we've still got 60 minutes left to play, and this could all go downhill so quickly. There is always that Man City high line, though. Despite us repeatedly taking advantage of their defensive positioning in the last match, City have changed up their tactics exactly zero. And why would they? It's not like we have three extremely fast forwards who could take advantage of that kind of thing. Oh, it, it is like that. We've had the official word. There will be a minimum of two added minutes. And in with a real chance. And the ball is in the net. The crowd have gone crazy, and quite rightly so. What a finish that is. Well, what a time to score. The forwards are in absolute dreamland. The defenders slugging their way back to the half-time team talk. They're not going to enjoy this. It's a simple ball, really. A bit of route one from Madison, right over the top to Sané, 
who squeezes the ball past Laporte, and all of a sudden, Kate is in on goal. What a time to get your first goal in the league. It's 2-1 to the Arsenal, but the lads weren't done. Oh no, far from it. Right after halftime, Pepe dribbles and sprints around Mindy and Rodri like they aren't even there. And before we can say financial fair play, we're on the break again. Like, seriously guys, just move your line back a little bit. You would have won 4-0. Anyway, Pepe sprints into the penalty area, lofting across up towards the back post. Ederson isn't getting anywhere close to it, but you know who is? Leroy Sané! He absolutely obliterates the volley into the back of the net. And against all expectations, we're up 3-1. Sané knee slides to celebrate his second goal as the City fans boo him. Never change, Leroy. Never change. A late Fabian goal puts us up 4-1. And although City make it close late, we win 4-3. We've cleared hurdle number two. And so far, this is going great. Our next victim, I mean opponent, is Norwich City. Apparently the powers that be felt like we needed a break, with only two days between the City game and now. And, you know, they're not wrong. Everyone agrees that we can take the piss a little bit in this match after beating City. Everyone except Norwich. Apparently they don't appreciate people disrespecting them like that even if they are in the relegation zone. They come out with something to prove, and immediately score a goal that prompts an uncharacteristically volatile response from the technical director. Alright, Brad, Brad, we need to teach you about the near post. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. This is about the fifth goal we've given up near post from zero angle. Yeah. Just cover the near post! I mean, we're going to let Starko Mieperman yeah. score? I mean, this is ridiculous. It was also like the third or fourth game in a row we spotted the opposition a goal. I mean, this is... Uh, yeah. um, I'm getting sick of it. Yet again, we're down 1-0 inside of 10 minutes. You'd think that we could get something like that cleared up with the team talk, but apparently not. Now, with much of our second team out there, we've got to find a way to claw ourselves back into a match for the third week in a row. And who else to do that but the guy who did the business in the first of those matches? The through ball from Torreira into the box is a good one but it just keeps taking Nketiah away from the goal. The keeper's off his line, though, so if he goes for it... Uh, no, it's... He, he can't try that, can he? Well, Derek, the chip was always on. Keeper caught in no man's land, but it's still a difficult skill, and it's a lovely finish. Eddie Nketiah may not be a world-class player yet, but he's certainly got a taste for scoring world-class goals. And this one is an absolute beauty. He's moving away from goal as he lobs the ball over the keeper, and the chip is just delicious. The technical director is a self-professed chip aficionado, and even he is impressed by that effort. And the rest of this match? Eh, not so much. We know that we're better than Norwich, but we can't seem to make that come through on the scoreboard. Up in the box... We hope that they'll just show it themselves at some point. Panic. Come on, panic, man. Be bad. <laughs> Play for Norwich. We know it's coming. It never happens, though. The team with the worst defensive record in the entire division holds us goalless for the last hour of this match, and we head off the pitch with a 1-1 draw. This is not the hurdle we expected to trip us up, but here we are. Now we are really in a tight spot as far as the Champions League is concerned. We win our next two matches against Wolves and Leicester, two of our rivals for European spots, but the points difference between us and the top four is such that our next match against Brighton could decide whether or not we hit our goal. We won't be mathematically eliminated, but pretty much. 
and we have matches against the new league leaders Liverpool and Tottenham on the road before the end of the season. It's all happening right here, right now, in Brighton of all places. We didn't expect this to be our biggest match of the season, but that's what happened. This is our Waterloo, and we blow it. The clock is against Arsenal, but must score! Late drama here, level once more, incredible scenes! Well, here's the replay. What a time to score, Derek. Kept his cool so late in the game. Easy to snatch at that one. Is there time for a winner? Nketiah's goal is too little too late, and we draw 1-1. Tottenham and Wolves both win their matches, which means that we are now officially eliminated from Champions League contention. The rest of the season is meaningless apart from the drinking. We lose to Liverpool despite a late comeback attempt. Lose to Tottenham to put our Europa League position in jeopardy, and it takes a last stand against Watford on the final match day of the season for us to officially qualify for the Europa League. Yay! What then shall we make of this season? First, let's start with the pros. We accomplished our goal of turning the squad over, getting both younger and more talented, and to put ourselves in a great position to succeed long-term. We've secured potential long-term homes for some of our more expensive pieces of driftwood, like Ozil and Mkhitaryan, and especially with Arteta at the helm, the dynamics of this squad seem like they'll be pretty healthy going forward. We've brought some excitement back to the Emirates, giving the young English lads that have come through our academy a chance to shine, and we've got plenty of transfer business planned going forward. If we're given the chance to carry it out, that is, which brings me to the cons. And unfortunately, they're kind of hard to ignore. At the beginning of the season, we were given a series of goals by the board, each of varying priority and time domain. Among other things, they were as follows. Finish in the final of the FA Cup, win the Europa League, have a youth player play in 50% of our matches, and finally, qualify for the Champions League. Now, if you've been following along with us since the beginning of the season, you'll know that we've done exactly none of those things. It won't be lost on the board that despite all of their money we've spent, the results have not been any sort of upgrade on what Arsenal were experiencing under Emery, or even Wenger. The cons of this season are, in a very real way, the season itself. And we've got a meeting today where we'll have to account for that to the board. There, they will make the final determination on whether or not we get a second season. And they have every right to fire us, but if we're lucky, they'll have been sold on our vision for the future. We haven't delivered the results they wanted, but we have delivered hope. And that's all the technical director and I have to hold on to as we go into this meeting. Well, here it goes. Wish us luck. Well, guys, it's official. We're coming back for another season. And scene. The Remote Theater is a Freetime Media production, produced by me, Will Shingleton, and by David Coggin. This is the finale of season one for Career Mode Theater, but there will be more in the future. The where, when, and how of season two are still being ironed out. But thankfully, for you and me both, the who and what will be exactly the same. If you have any suggestions for season two, or you just have a part of season one that you'd like to complain to us about, reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We don't know when, 
but we'll be back. So be sure to be on the lookout for season two of Career Mode Theater. EA Sports, if you're listening, you have got to be kidding me.